0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Good morning and welcome to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Karnasen. As Medeka nears, I thought it would be timely to discuss the concept of financial independence. It's a big term that we know is important, but what does it really mean and how do we achieve it? To help us with this, I'm speaking with Aaron Tang, founder and writer at Mr.dingy.com and Stephen Young, licensed financial planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory. Uh, Aaron, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today uh, and thanks for joining me on the show. Hey Roshan, thanks for having me.
1: Hey Roshan, good to be here.
0: Aaron, let's start this with you. What is financial freedom or independence to you? What does it mean?
1: For me, financial independence is about having enough. It's about that feeling of security, both financially and also mentally. In actual practical terms, it's the ability to work on projects that you're really interested in, good people you admire, and the ability to say no.
0: Fantastic. I love it. Uh, Very apt, very simple to understand. Uh, But now I'll turn this question over to Stephen to give us a bit more of that financial planner perspective here, Stephen. Um, How do you as a financial planner, when you talk to your clients, when you yourself, you know, you've written content before, uh, how do you define financial freedom or independence?
2: Financial freedom really is, it all starts really with a state of mind and it really comes about knowing that you're actually in a state where you're financially stable or your needs are being taken care of, you know, most of your wants and you just feel so blessed, you're you're not lacking anything at all. And it's really something that I think every one of us can strive for and achieve. If you actually want to really differentiate a little bit technically with financial independence, though, you could say that that would be a stage above Um, financial freedom, where it's not just your needs, it's basically all your wants. Everything is covered, not via your active income, for example, through your work, but purely through your passive income or your passive investments. So you're at a stage where technically if you're working, if you choose to, you can fire your boss. <laughs> you can go and go ahead and do whatever you want. You know, you can pursue all your goals, your desires, your dreams, your passions, even without being paid a single cent because your passive income is more than enough to cover your expenses and to keep up with uh, rising costs.
0: Right. So Stephen, if I've got that right, you, you do see a slight difference between using the term financial freedom and financial independence. So why is that?
2: The key difference would be basically... For financial freedom, it can be either from your active income through your work, it can be from your passive investments. But when we're talking about being totally financially independent, it means you're relying on no other external parties, no other sources of active income, but purely just living off the dividends and the returns. That's coming in.
0: Right, right. Thank you for that clarification. It, it makes a lot of sense now. And uh, I guess I see where you're coming from there, right? It's the ascent, the essence of independence uh, when we take a look at that. Um, Aaron, jumping back to you here, uh, when we talk about, well, then financial freedom, right? If you're using that term right now, um, it sounds a lot like retirement. Uh, I guess from your perspective, do you see these two as the same thing, retirement and financial freedom? I don't.
1: Uh, I see that financial freedom gives you the option. It gives you the ability to retire if you want that. That's something that Steve mentioned, right? Um, But the way I look at it, it's an option that's very powerful, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop working. Rather, excuse me, instead of stopping working, perhaps you want to work on something that you're very passionate about. You want to start that business that you've been putting off for, for many, many years. So, yeah, it's an option, but it's an option that does not need to be exercised, especially if you find the work that you really love.
0: Okay, okay. I like that. Um, Stephen, jumping to you for the financial planner perspective here, um, what do you think is the difference between retirement and financial freedom? Is Is there a, I guess, a mathematical financial difference between the two?
2: I think we need to really examine you know, where retirement actually originates mm. from. Uh, retirement really is a, well, relatively new, new concept. You know, uh, in the late 18th, early 19th century, where basically they needed a way, basically with um, the industrial revolution and all that, so um, they couldn't afford to have people working their <laughs> entire lives. So even if you look at the roots of the the word, actually, it the term retirement actually comes from the French word retire, which means to withdraw. So you're actually talking about a withdrawal from, work, a withdrawal from the rat race. But this wasn't always true. People used to work until basically they couldn't. And kind of echoing what Aaron was saying as well, that not everyone wants to retire. In fact, if you've seen people who have just retired, it can be a little bit draggy. You're not sure, you know, uh, how to feel your, your time. Your health may even decline or your mental faculties. So it's really about financial independence is giving you that freedom that people who really love what they're doing, they actually don't retire. They actually work the longest even post-so-called retirement or, you know, in today's modern terms, some might call it semi-retirement. So it's really doing what you love for as long as you want to be able to do it without worrying about the financial aspects of it.
0: Uh, fascinating stuff there, Stephen. And uh, I think it's really important that, that one point you started uh, you started with, right that in the scale of human history, retirement is a relatively new concept. And uh, back, I, I did an episode here with Rajan and David Darsin a few months back and uh, talking about whether retirement was realistic. And uh, from then, I remember the, from the research, it was essentially started back in 1889 by German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck, who invented the idea. And as is basically what you were saying, right? They needed to get people out of the workforce because back then you would work until you, well, until you died or something like that. But the difference is that back then, the average lifespan was 43 years old as opposed to the 70 plus that it is today. Uh, But again, if you want to check that episode out, you can find it on the BFM app or wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to follow that up, uh, Stephen, because... With that, um, the concept of whether retirement or financial freedom or independence, uh, whether it's realistic comes to mind, right? Because, you know, I think I saw uh, data recently, was it last month, because of the pandemic, we've seen uh, average wages come down. There's also been this stagnation over the last few years. People are concerned with this dichotomy. But I guess, in general, when you speak to your, your clients and uh, or from your own uh, observations and stuff like that, how... How do we achieve financial freedom? That's the, essentially the big question here. Do you have some steps that you can walk us through? Sure.
2: So I would actually define, you know, heading towards uh, financial freedom or financial independence as actually a two-stage process. So the first is when your passive income, that means through your investments, you know, whether it's rental properties, dividends, stocks, etc., is able to cover one hundred percent of your expenses. So let's say if your expenses is five thousand ringgit a month, then your passive income covering five thousand ringgit a month as well. And the second stage of that is when your passive income can cover 200% or twice your amount of expenses. So, if your expenses is 5,000 ringgit a month, then if your passive income can generate you 10,000 ringgit a month, then hey, you have actually reached financial independence. But it is very true what you were saying, Roshan, how the state of finances is, really, for many Malaysians. Um, We're increasingly seeing uh, polarity uh, on our side as financial planners. There are those who are doing very well, the industries are doing well, they have a lot of money to invest. But on the other end, we have those who have lost jobs, have um, pay cuts, have income loss, and they're really actually uh, struggling. But the thing is that, you know, if it's actually just, you know, for a couple of years, you know, it doesn't really mean that it's the end of the world. You may need to tighten your belts but it actually will not set you back from your overall long-term plan. Of course, you need to make those adjustments. Uh, so if you actually would put it down to basically just four steps on how you actually would reach financial freedom, you'll be basically looking at, you know, what are your ways of increasing income, whether it's getting that promotion or other sorts of uh, side income, side hustles, passive income from investments. It's all about managing your expenses, you know, go ahead, cover all your needs, definitely some of your wants, but... You know, don't buy random stuff online just because it's so easy to shop online or buy now, pay later. <laughs> Avoid making major financial mistakes that would set you back tremendously. And lastly, of course, is, you know, have a plan for your investments. Look at the rate of return. How can you optimize and just grow your wealth over the long term?
0: Yeah, and um, after this episode, if there if you want to learn more about retirement, the steps involved, I will link some of the episodes in the uh, show notes uh, because I had a few good episodes with, uh, well, Edah Medres at Wealth Vantage Advisory about the 5 Steps to Jumpstart Your Retirement Planning. Also, Rajan David Darsan, CEO of RD Wealth Creation, uh, we talked about how retirement needs a little bit of risk in order to achieve it. So check out those episodes on the BFM app or the B, or bfm.my or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Aaron, I want to, to get your perspective here as well. Is there anything you'd like to add to what Steven said there?
1: Yeah, I feel like Steve has covered it so well. It's tough to add here. But if there's one thing that I, I'm going to say, it's that for those of us who are lucky enough to be still doing okay, even in these difficult times, I think one thing that can really accelerate your freedom or your journey to freedom is figuring out exactly what brings meaning to your life and just like cutting, getting rid of the rest. Right. And this is not just from a financial perspective. Yes. Yes. From a financial perspective, if, if you cut away those those things that are unnecessary, you know, for example, buying things just to impress other people, that's going to help you financially. But also mentally, we talked about the state of mind thing, right? Mentally, you don't want to be sort of living a life with pulling you in like 10, 20 different directions. Mentally, if you want to be free, you just want to be focusing on just the important things. And I, I hope that if you go through the exercise of figuring out exactly what's
0: important, then it will help accelerate you on this journey. And you know, when we talk about financial independence or financial freedom, a term that comes up so often is, of course, FIRE, right? Financial independence, retire early, which uh, to some can seem like such a strange connotation, especially in the macro environment that that we're in. But we're going to dive into the rationale and maybe some of the perspective around the FIRE movement in just a little bit. I've been speaking with Aaron Tang, founder and writer at mister and Stephen Young, licensed financial planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory, and you've been listening to Ring In since. Keep it here. BFM 89.9 Welcome back to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Karnasin. This morning, I'm speaking with Aaron Tang, founder and writer at mr-tingy.com and Stephen Young, licensed financial planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory. And we were talking about the concept of financial independence. In this part, I'm going to pivot this conversation a little bit over to the FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early movement. And essentially, the dream here is to earn and save as much as you can early on in your career so that you can retire early. Uh, Stephen is FIRE achievable or simply an unrealistic notion for most?
2: That's definitely a very good question and I actually remember you know some conversations that I've had with Aaron on the topic of (laughs) financial independence and uh, retiring early in short though I would say that FIRE is actually achievable if you set your mind to it you know what it takes and actually hits there but The thing is, it's actually not for everyone. Not everyone desires, not everyone should actually go for FIRE. If you were to actually break it up, I would say that the front part of it, the financial independence part is actually more important than retiring early.
0: All right. Uh, Breaking up the term a little bit there, but also relating it back to the conversation we had a little while ago. Um, Erin, what about you? What are your thoughts on the FIRE movement? Because I know you've written a few pieces about this. I'd love to get into it. Is it good, bad or complicated? I'd say
1: it's complicated. And, <laughs> and when I say it's complicated, I think to put it in perspective, a lot of the, the very popular, famous fire blogs or fire gurus that people read about, very often they come overseas. They come from, for example, working in tech, where salaries are very common for more than $100,000 a year. Mm. Now, it's slightly different in a country like Malaysia, as we've spoken about, where the majority of people are still struggling to get by. So I think... For someone to actually reach that FIRE figure, realistically, especially if you're talking about having kids and, and leading a, a good lifestyle, it can be quite challenging. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I would say it, it is quite hard.
0: There's a lot of context there, right? Because a lot of the FIRE movement bloggers, um, they earn a lot of money at the start of their career. And that's the only way you can kind of get there. Um, but I like what Stephen said there about separating the two right and again relating back to the conversation we had earlier about financial independence versus financial freedom um That is a bit more achievable for some part of the population, um, as opposed to fire, which is an even smaller subset of the population, right? And probably more towards the countries that have a much higher exchange rate, a bit more stronger purchasing power, things like that. So when we talk about that, we're talking about Europe, or even, uh, well, more prominently, the US, or maybe even Singapore, actually, considering that their purchasing power is stronger than ours. Stephen, when we take a look at the fire movement, although it may not be achievable for all, there is a lot of math and I guess uh, background to this that we can uh, that we can learn about and apply to our own lives. And one of these particular Uh, one of these particular, I guess, calculations is the use of the 4% rule, which the FIRE movement depends on heavily, uh, which is basically an annual uh, 4% uh, withdrawal rate from your investment portfolio. Uh, Simu, what are your general thoughts about the 4% rule and the math around the FIRE movement?
2: Well, the 4% rule is, at best, it's actually a rule of thumb. It's not the holy grail or, you know, a magic answer to everything, really. It also makes certain assumptions where you're actually talking about, you know, having a 4% withdrawal rate. Constantly, So it's actually assuming that you have a certain allocation into stocks and bonds, typically like a 60% into equities, 40% into bonds. It assumes that your spending actually remains level throughout the retirement, which may or may not happen as uh, expenses do go up as you get older as well, you know, increased healthcare costs, uh, etc. It's also assuming that your investment returns are actually returning at least 4% above the prevailing inflation rate, And it's also planning out for a shorter lifespan of just 25 years, just because, you know, when this theory originally came up, people just live shorter lives. And, you know, now with uh, better healthcare, better living, we all actually live longer. So it's really a very simple, quick rule of thumb to look at retirement. However, you should be aware that, you know, rules of thumb do change over time as well. So following that in today's world, it's not really a guarantee that you will run out of funds and it would kind of suck, right, to say that, oh no, (laughs) my funds are going to run out, you know, I need to pass away at the age of say, 75 or something like that. So, it may work depending on how your investments perform but I would actually suggest you might want to look at a safer rate of withdrawal. So instead of 4% rate of withdrawal, look at 3% or even 2% if you want to be really conservative just to make sure that, you know, when you achieve FIRE, that it really is able to last you. Because, again, it will suck if you're forced to go back to the workforce just because, you know, your funds are not doing well, your investments are not doing well
0: yeah cuz essentially the math here i think it was based on a study back in i can't remember when it was it was published but essentially it's based on this the 60 40 portfolio over time and if you go towards more stocks it's the assumption that the stock market will return 8 uh, eight, 8 and above percent in the long run so that's why uh, when you take your 4% withdrawal plus the inflation rate of maybe 2 3 4% even your capital doesn't get tapped into all else being equal and things going according to plan here, which is why I, I, I like the fact that you've pointed out that it's a rule of thumb. It's not a exact science here that you can just close your eyes and rely on. You have to do your own math into this because this is the similar math that we do for retirement as well, right? It's uh, It does change from person to person. There are different uh, factors at play and inflation plays a big role, but also so does the return on the capital that we've saved up and invested and all of that. Um, Aaron, over to you. In uh, one of your articles, uh, you looked at financial freedom from a different angle here and asked the question, why retire anyway? We've touched on that a little bit here, but I guess it'll be a good way, I guess, to wrap up this conversation and give us a little bit of context over the concept of retirement because we've pointed out that it's a relatively new concept in the scale of human history. Um, So Aaron, talk to us about why retire anyway?
1: When I first came across this concept of fire, it was this very popular blogger, Mister Money Mustache. He wrote yes. a really popular article, right? <laughs> um, I re- I looked at that article, and would, the moment I read it, it's like wow, wow, mind blowing! I was so excited about it. I know I'm gonna fire, I'm gonna fire my boss, fire my company, and then I'm gonna retire, <laughs> do whatever I want for the rest of my life, right? But I realized that actually where that came from was probably at that point of time in life. I was actually feeling quite demotivated Mm. uh, about my job, uh, about my work. I I wasn't really that interested in it. And I realized that for a lot of people, maybe, I'm suggesting maybe, people are looking at fire as a way of escape, right? It's almost like I'm, I'm not very happy with my circumstances and I'm just going to find the, the escape route, which is fire. Whereas I believe that actually, if you are able to find a, a job that, if you don't love it, at least you like it, you know, you have colleagues that you you respect, uh, you you believe in, in what the company stands for, then you may not actually find the concept of retirement so juicy or so lucrative. And I would say that statistically, I believe at least that, to get to the very comfortable fire, it's actually going to be harder than actually finding work that you actually enjoy. So if I were to, to sort of hedge my bets and, and ask what is more achievable for most people, it's probably to try and find that work that you enjoy. Uh, the, the concept of Ikigai, right? Something that you love, you're good at, uh, the world needs, and hopefully, of course, pays as well.
0: <laughs> uh, Aaron, if only if only that was uh, as a uh, I mean, that's, those are the kind of ideal goals that we have. But there is a middle ground in between. But I also like what you talked about. Uh, the whole concept of fire may be harder to achieve than actually finding work that you find meaningful and something that you can do for the long term and things like that. Um, we are coming towards the end of the episode, Jen. So I'd like to wrap up this conversation a little bit and I throw this back to Stephen. Um, what are your top three points about financial freedom or independence in particular um, that you'd like listeners to take away today?
2: Firstly, I would suggest that everyone to really start with the why, the big why. What is the reason why you actually want financial freedom? Secondly, if you desire financial freedom, have a plan. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. You actually need a plan that is both in the short term, how does it lead to the medium term over the next five years into the long term really and to know where you are on that plan. Thirdly, seek out resources. Nowadays, with technology, there's so much information out there. There's reputable financial sites, podcasts, financial planners, and all of them can actually help you to achieve your financial freedom goal.
0: Yes, and of course, a Ring It Sense is one of those, right, Stephen?
2: <laughs> Most definitely.
0: Uh, Aaron, I throw it to you. Uh, top three points you'd like everyone to take away from this episode. Number one, listen
1: to Ring It Sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, uh, freedom is a state of mind. So it's tough, it, you know, it's tough to get it when you are struggling with your daily expenses, etc. But try to cultivate an abundance mindset that the world is, is, is full of possibilities and hopefully you'll be able to achieve um, these, these exciting possibilities if, if you take the, the right steps towards it. Uh, number three, managing your desires. Especially for those of us who are in the middle class category, we have uh, what you call disposable income. Managing your, uh, your desires is the key to actually managing your expenses because at the end of the day, it comes back down to your beliefs, your psychology. Hopefully that helps.
0: All right. And uh, on that note, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Roshan.
2: Thanks, Roshan, Arian. Awesome session.
0: And on that note, I was speaking with Aaron Tank, personal finance blogger at MrDingy.com, and Stephen Young, licensed financial planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory. You've been listening to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. For the last time, I'm Roshan Kunnison for BFM 89.9. Ring it and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast.